Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. I'm going to get into the Word today, and uh, and I want to start by reading Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 33. Maybe a familiar story to you. And, uh, and so here we go. It says, about 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Look at somebody and tell them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. It is I. It is me. Take courage. It is I. I am here. He said, Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And so this is kind of a cool story. And Jesus says, yes, come. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Somebody say toward Jesus, toward Jesus. Do you say towards or toward? It's a big joke in my office. Do you say toward? How many say toward? How many say toward, toward, T-O-R-D, toward, toward. Okay. So anyway, he says, you walked on the water toward Jesus. I say toward, obviously it's spelled toward. It's not spelled toward. How many say towards with an S anybody towards, towards Jesus. This has been when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink and he said, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples, they worshiped him. And they said, you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. And so today I want to preach a sermon that I've titled, Stepping Out of Your Comfort Zone. Stepping Out of Your Comfort Zone. I think it's easy to stay in our comfort zone. And one of the greatest enemies of your calling is your comfort. One of the greatest enemies of the purpose in your life is the comfort of your life. And so we're going to jump into this. And before I do, I'm going to pray. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word today. We pray you'd speak to us, God. Speak to our hearts and our minds. God, just uh, just encourage us today, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen, amen, amen. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Tell somebody, I've never been more ready. I've never been more. You guys like, I've never been more ready, for sure. I think that it's easy to stay comfortable. I think it's easy to get comfortable and I think it's easy to pursue comfort and desire comfort. That's something like we humans want. We want to be comfortable, right? I want to be comfortable and I want to stay comfortable. I mean, nobody really gets up in the morning and thinks like, man, I hope today is a very uncomfortable day. I hope that I'm uncomfortable physically, emotionally, you know, relation. Nobody thinks that we all want comfort and it's easy to not only pursue comfort, but stay in the boat of comfort. And I know 
listen, I know this boat. It's comfortable. I've been in this boat a million times. I know the boat. I've been in it forever. I know how it works. I know what doesn't work about this boat. I know what's right with it. I know what's wrong with it. I know what's familiar. And this boat gives me stability. I know the people in my boat. I mean, they not all be the best people in the world. They might not have the greatest character in the world, but like they are familiar. And so I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Look at somebody and tell them this. God wants you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Come on, tell somebody like you got some conviction in your heart, some passion in your heart, right? So, so, so God wants you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. He wants you to step out of the boat and out of your comfort zone. God never, through the scriptures, never asks you to stay in the familiar. He asks you to take a step of faith. God never told you that you'd always be comfortable, but he did tell you to always be courageous, which is the sermon that we looked at last week. And so today I've got three takeaways for you that I want to navigate through. And and, and here's the, the first one. Number one, the number one takeaway today is that your miracle, my miracle is on the other side of my step of faith. It's, it's on the other side of it. Okay. Some of you will never experience God's miraculous because you're so comfortable staying in the boat that you don't dare step out. But when you step out, that's where the miracles exist. And so if you want to walk in the supernatural, you got to step out of the natural. If you want to walk in the supernatural, you got to step out of the natural. No step, no supernatural. And so God meets you on the other side of this step of faith. And when you step out, that's where his power is. That's where his anointing is. That's where his strength is. That's where the miraculous lies. And so God wants you to walk by what? Faith and not by sight. So I get out of my comfort zone. Peter's comfort zone is this boat, right? God, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Okay, come. Now it's game time. Now it's the, you wanted this, you asked for this. I always wanted to start this business. Well, guess what? It's game time. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to take a step of faith because that's where the miraculous lies. That's where the supernatural exists. I came today to tell you that you need to get out of your boat of comfort. You need to get out of your comfort zone. God wants to stretch you. God wants to grow you. God wants you to do hard things. God wants you to push past what you think your limits are. And so step, stretch for someone in here. Listen, for somebody in here, God has given you an idea, a dream. Maybe it was years ago. Maybe it was decades ago. It's a dream to pursue, but you're still in the boat. God gave you the dream, but you're still in the boat because the boat's comfortable. And I don't dare step out of the boat. Man, I'm looking at all the the, the waves and the winds that are going on around me and around this boat. There's no way I can step out of this boat. And, And I said this last week is that God will never give you a calling 
without giving you the courage. You can step out of this boat. God wants you to step out into that God-given dream. You know, there's these old sayings that God never gives vision without giving provision. There's these other sayings that where God provides, uh, God guides, God provides. And th- those are true. And, and so God wants you to step out. I-, I say it like this, where God gives you the dreams, God gives you the means. He will always provide. Some of you, some of you, not all of you, some of you think that you're waiting on God. And I came to tell you today that he's actually waiting on you. He's, he's waiting on you. And so last Sunday I preached a sermon and it was called getting ready for God's blessing. And I spoke on crossing the Jordan river into the promised land, into your promised land, into your blessing, the God given blessing that he has for your life. And I think it's spiritually strategic of God that when the Israelites were about to cross the Jordan river, God made them step into the river before he parted the river. I think it's spiritually strategic. It says this, look at it with me in Joshua three fifteen and 16. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. Of course it was because that's where God's going to show off the most. The Jordan river is at flood stage during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. I love that. Their feet touched the water's edge and then the water stopped flowing. It wasn't the other way around. The water stopped flowing and so our feet went into the water's edge. It was our feet. It was a step of faith first. Peter steps out of the boat and then starts walking on water. Some of you are thinking, I'll step out of the boat and I'll step into the sea. I'll step out when God parts the sea, but God is saying, I'll part the sea when you step out. That's what faith is. If you don't need, listen, if you don't need courage, it's not faith. If you don't need courage, it's not faith. Last week he says, to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Three different times in the first nine verses of chapter one, be strong and courageous because Joshua needed faith. Peter needed faith. So take away number one, if you're going to step out of your comfort zone is to remember, understand that your miracle, your miracle is on the other side of the step of faith. Number two, take away number two. This is important is that there is a cost that comes with comfort. There is a price that you will have to pay for staying in your comfort zone. Okay. Comfort can make you miss out on God's call on your life. Comfort can make you miss out on God's miraculous in your life. Comfort can make you miss out on God's purpose for your life. Being too comfortable is dangerous because it can make you miss God's calling on your life. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes being too comfortable, you could become so comfortable that 
you settle for less than God's best. Sometimes you can become so comfortable that you'll never see freedom. I'm so comfortable in my addiction that I'll never pursue freedom, so I'll never see freedom. I get so, some people are so comfortable in their dysfunction that they wouldn't even know how to function without dysfunction, right? Some are so comfortable with low, with low character friends that you'll never become the man or woman of God that God has called you to become. You're more loyal. You're more loyal to the low character friend than you are to God's word. And, And so sometimes we get so comfortable that it'll cost you everything that God has for you. You get so comfortable with a certain type of guy or girl because you've convinced yourself that's all you deserve. You, you get comfortable. And, and so settling, it can cost you your blessing and it can cost you your miracle. Uh, do you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Somebody just say yes. I remember Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. They were two twin brothers. The Bible says that Esau was born first. Two twins born at the same time, but Esau was born first. That meant that Esau would get a double portion of his father's blessing, the birthright. The birthright meant a double portion. It didn't mean Jacob wasn't getting a blessing. He was just getting a single portion, right? And so Esau is getting a double portion. What does that even mean? It means it's a birthright. It is the rights that I am birthed into. It is, it could be property, possessions, livestock, my namesake, my reputation that eventually would become mine. And then the Bible says that one day Esau, and I'm going to call Esau easy E for just a minute because, you know, and, and, and Esau, he had been out, the Bible says in the field, And he comes in exhausted and hungry. And he goes to his brother, Jake, and he's like, yo, Jake, he's like, the boys in the hood are always. No, he didn't say any of that. He's like, yo, Jake, he said, can I have some of that stew? It smells so good. And then Jake's like, dope, man, dope, man. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you don't even know about any of this stuff, so I shouldn't bring it up. And those of you that do and are laughing, you need you need Jesus the most. And and so so he says, "Can I have some?" Man, that stew smells so good. And so his brother Jacob, he goes, "Look, I will give you some of my stew if you give me your birthright." Doesn't that sound like brothers? Yeah, man, I'll give you some of my stew, but I want your birthright. And so Esau, he, he says, deal. Now, some of you just, somebody just said bad deal. Life is like about decisions. I know that. And that was a bad one. That was a bad deal. That was a bad deal. And so Esau, he wanted 
comfort. He was hungry. He was hungry. And so he traded his birthright away for comfort. He wanted comfort. Do you remember the story of Jonah? Somebody say yes. Jonah. Jonah, another story. God calls Jonah to go preach to Nineveh. Now, what you got to understand about Nineveh is Nineveh is modern day northern Iraq. Okay? The Nineveh ruins are still there in modern day northern Iraq. God says, Jonah, great man of God, preacher. Jonah had a great reputation. He was a man of God. He said, Jonah, I want you to go preach to Nineveh because Nineveh was evil. It was wicked. Nineveh is called Sin City. Do we know something like that? About four hours away. Nineveh was called Sin. Nineveh shared a border with Sodom. Nineveh was known, notoriously, it was, it was an evil, wicked place. They hated God's people. The Ninevites hated God's people. They would murder God's people. They, historians say they would skin God's people alive. They would behead God's people. They did not like God's people. Jonah, I, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. So, so let's carry on with this story a little bit. So Jonah, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, look what it says. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. Somebody say Tarshish. I can't even say that word. I have tried all week. Tarshish. So he runs. There's a few really important things here. He runs away from God, and he runs toward Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish (laughs) to flee from the Lord. So, So he runs from God. He pays money to run from God. And he goes in the opposite direction of Nineveh. He goes the opposite way. Okay, this is interesting to me because, first of all, Jonah ran from God. God told me that somebody in here, this is for you because you're running from God. Somebody, this is for you. You've been running from God, and and I just want to give you some sound advice. You cannot outrun God. You're just going to get tired running from God because God loves you enough to stay in front of you and you cannot run God. So, so here's the other thing I want to tell you is that not only did Jonah run from God, but he ran from Nineveh and he ran to Tarshish. Now it's important to understand Tarshish. Tarshish was, was the opposite way. And it was off this, the coast of Spain. Comfort beach town. Resorts, jet skis, and parasailing. Jonah's like, no way, dude. I am not going that way. I am running to Tarshish. I'm going to comfort. Listen, Tarshish 
is the comfort zone. Some of you today, you're dwelling in Tarshish. Some of you today, you're running toward Tarshish. Like you love God, God loves you, but you're trying to go the opposite way toward comfort of what God is calling you to. Some of you are choosing Tarshish over God's call on your life, over God's dream for your life. So, so we know this story because Jonah pays money. He, bo- he boards a ship and he starts sailing the, the opposite way towards Tarshish. Now, now look at verse four with me because this, this is what happens. There's consequence. We all know this. This is the good stuff that we all enjoy so much. That verse four says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to what? Break up. Did you know that God's purpose for your life, God's calling on your life. It's so important that if you run from it, he'll send such a violent storm into your life that it threatens to break up everything that you know. That's how much he cares for you. And that's how much you matter to him. That's how much his call, his purpose on your life matters for you. Did you also know that when you run from God, it doesn't only affect you, but it affects everyone around you. God sends a violent storm. And everybody's life was in danger. And then it got me thinking, like, I wonder for us whose lives are in danger because we're running from God. Whose lives are at danger because we're not answering the call of God. I wonder who's in a storm right now because I'm running from God. You're running from God. So there's this violent storm and they're on the sea. And then in Jonah chapter one, verse 12, let's continue on. Jonah says, throw me overboard into the sea. Then the storm will stop. It's my fault. I'm the cause of the storm. Get rid of me and you'll get rid of the storm. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I sure have. Like, actually, I'm the problem. If I go away, maybe there won't be a problem anymore. But you know that that is a lie from hell. Because you aren't the problem. It's just that God has a purpose for your life. So don't ever believe that you're the problem. You might be human. You might be. You are human. But you're not the problem. Then we know the rest of the story. They threw him overboard. And. At first, they're actually like, no, I don't think that's a good idea, bro. Are you sure? (laughs) Um. No, but I mean, you know, so they throw them over. We know the story. The Bible says a great fish comes and swallows up Jonah. And he's inside the belly of a fish, a belly of a fish for three days and three nights. This is what I call a come to Jesus moment. (laughs) And we all need these moments. (laughs) He's inside the belly of a freaking fish for three days and three nights. 
Jonah finds himself in this dark and scary and lonely place. And listen, sometimes God's got to get you into a dark place where you're all alone with God so that he can get a hold of your heart. Sometimes God has to send this big moment, this big fish, this idea where we are at rock bottom. This takes a whole new meaning of rock bottom, doesn't it? Rock bottom. Sometimes he's got to get you in a situation where you realize only God can get you out. Some of you are in that situation today. You're in a situation where only God can get you out. You're in this rock bottom moment. You're in this dark, lonely, quiet place. And your only hope is God. What I love about Jonah is chapter two is an entire prayer of Jonah. That might be the coolest location a prayer has ever been prayed. He's inside the belly of this, the entire chapter. He's like, oh God, what have I done? How many have ever been there? Let me see your hands. Because I certainly have. Oh God, what have I done? God, help me out of this situation. God, I promise I won't do that again. God, I promise I'll listen to you next time. He said, man, there's seaweed all wrapped around my head. Seaweed. This is what he says. This is his prayer in chapter two. And then he says this in verse two, two. He says, in trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God and he answered me. From the belly of the grave, I cried, help. And you heard my cry. How many are so grateful that God hears your cry? No matter how low you get in life, no matter what rock bottom looks like in life, that God hears our cry. Somebody say that out loud. God hears our cry. God hears my cry. God hears your cry. And and I'm so thankful that we serve a God that no matter what we've done, no matter what we didn't do, That God still hears us. And he still answers our prayers. Let's look at takeaway number three. It's the world's fastest sermon I've ever preached in my life. Don't woo me. The long ones are better. Number three. Number three. Go all in for Jesus. Because a lot of people are comfortable in their relationship with Christ. They're comfortable, you know? Like, I'm, I mean, I go to church. Like, I pray when I'm hungry and stuff and about to eat, you know? Not that I don't love God. I do love God. And they're, they're, they're people that are com- comfortable, comfortable in their relationship with God. You will never experience the miraculous of God until you step out of the comfort zone and go all in for God. A lot of people, they got like one foot in for Jesus and one foot in for the world. That's easy to to, to be. Man, I'm in, but I'm also not in. I mean, I, I do love God. It's not that I don't love God, but I also love whatever this thing is that the world has to offer. And it's easy to get comfortable 
And God is calling you out of your comfort zone. Isn't it interesting that we like to say Jesus is our Lord and he, he's our Savior. And, and everybody clings to the, the Savior part. But the Lord part, it means that he's our master. We, we like him as our Savior. He saves me from my sins. He saves me from this situation. He saves me, right? But what about our master? When you have a master, it means that you are a slave to that master. This is why some of the disciples and Paul and some of these other ones, they said that James, who was his brother, he opens James chapter 1-1 and he says, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul talks about, I am a slave to Christ and no longer a slave to sin. Going all in for Jesus, all in for Jesus, not, not being comfortable. So some people's spiritual walks are so comfy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like some of, some of the 11 a.m., their, their lives, their, their spiritual walks. I'm glad you're laughing now because I'm going to do it to them about you. <laughs> so comfy. It's like some people's spiritual walks look like my pillows and whited blankets, pinkies and babies. And, and we get spiritually comf- comfortable. You, you know what another word the Bible uses for comfort is? In, in Revelation 3, it uses these two words, lukewarm. This, this is crazy. And I'm going to try to say this in the most loving way because that's how intense it is. But I, I want to read to you this passage from Revelation chapter 3. And I'm going to read a few verses here starting in verse 15. God says, I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, you're not hot, you're not cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, this gets crazy. You say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Verse 19, those whom I love, which I love this part, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So when you feel that rebuke from God and that discipline from God, it's because he loves you, right? It's like your father, your mother, giving you a little discipline. It's because they love you. And he says, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they will eat with me. Amen. And if by chance you're feeling convicted after hearing that passage, I want you to know this. So am I. And if you're like, say, man, no, I'm white hot. 
I think you're lying. And I'm not saying you're not hot and I'm not saying you're cold, but I think it's easy for all of us to get comfortable, to get comfortable. Man, I love God. I'm going to heaven. You don't ever talk about God. You don't share Jesus at work. You don't share Jesus with your family. We talked about this last week. You're not in the word as much as you should be. You're not in prayer as much as you should be. You go to church, but you don't go all the time. You know, you go once every other three, four weeks. I love Jesus. And it's not that we don't love God, but God is calling us out of our comfort zone. He's calling us closer to him. God wants us to be intimate with him, not an acquaintance to him. Can you imagine, I used this analogy before, but getting married, right? Imagine getting married. That's a relationship. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? That's a relationship. And I get married and then like I'm on fire for a while. Man, I love Natalie so much. I love you, Natalie. I love you, love you, love you. I love you. I see her every day, all day. I just can't get enough of Natalie. But you know, the infatuation wears off. And if you're single, I just want you to know that that wears off. That's why some people can't stay in a relationship for a long time because they just want to live in that feeling. And so anyway, that's another sermon. So anyway, anyways, all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I become comfortable in our marriage. I become comfortable in our relationship. And I get to where I'm like, I, you know what, I'm going to see you later. And I go to work, and then I'm a workaholic, so I leave at 6 a.m., and I get home at 10 p.m. I don't really see her, but, I mean, I kind of saw her. And then it gets like a business trip, and I don't really see her, and I leave for a week or I leave for two. Pretty soon, imagine imagine if I popped in like every third Sunday to see Natalie. And when I did, I was like, oh, I love you, baby girl. Like, hey, can we can we hang out? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we, like... And, 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 and then like, it's every fifth week or it's every seventh week. And, but I come, I come back and I'm like, I love you so much though. You do know, I love you. Right. That's a lot of people's relationship with Christ. I go to church sometimes, but I love God. I really don't have this ongoing, consistent, like relationship with him. But I love God. God wants to call us closer. He wants to call us out of our comfort zones to develop some discipline, to really engage in our relationship with him, to get involved more than just Sunday. Maybe you want to lead a devotion at your work. Maybe you want to lead a Bible study and lead a city group. Maybe you want to be, you say, man, I don't, I don't even know how to do that. That's the great news is like, we teach you all that. You know, what's great about hosting a group there's this cute little saying is that the host grows the most always. It's like when you're teaching something, when you're teaching it, you learn more than the listener because you got to teach it. The host grows the most. Maybe you want to get involved with that, man. I'm going to go to Bible studies. I'm going to get involved with my church. I'm going to start serving in a certain area of my church. 
I'm going to start a daily prayer group. I'm going to start a daily devotional online even, on my text messages, through my Bible app. God is calling you closer to him. He's calling you out of your comfort zone. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we're so grateful, God, for your word today. We're thankful, God, that you care about us enough to push us out of the boat, to pull us out of the boat. God, that you love us enough that you want a deep, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And if you're here today, maybe you're here today, And maybe you've never even gotten out of the boat in your relationship with God. Today, I invite you to step out of the boat. Say, you know what, God, I'm jumping in both feet. I'm jumping in both feet. And I want to live for you. I want to give my life to you. I want to be bold and unashamed for you. I want to be strong and courageous. I want to walk by faith and not by sight. God, I don't want to live in a comfort zone. I don't want to live in comfort. I I want to live in my calling. So God, I pray. God, today that we go all in for you. Somebody here today, you say, man, I've been, I've been in, but I'm not all in. That's for sure. I'm not all in. I'm in, just not all in. Then, Then you need to pray today and say, God, today I'm going all in for you. I'm going all in. Would you do that right now, Father? Today, I'm going all in for you. All in. God, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And I, and I want to give you everything, not just some things, but everything. God, I pray that God, you continue to love us enough to give us rebuking and discipline. God, even though it doesn't feel good and even though we don't like it, God, we're grateful for it. We're grateful for it. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.